Welcome, everyone. I'm Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Hoops Report, and with me, as always, is Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times, and you are listening to episode number 40 of the No Shot Clock podcast. As a reminder, uh, you can listen to us and rate and review us also on iTunes. You can also find the podcast on Stitcher. And Mike, we are down to eight teams heading to Peoria this weekend. It's true. Juliet West is not one of those teams. I had a long conversation with Nick Irvin this morning where we both whined. <laughs> about just, just sulking your about, sorrows. About losing. Yeah. It was it was horrible. But um we are gonna start off with some questions. I got a load of questions here that I have not had the time to research the answers to or think about at all because of all the stuff going on with the state tournament. And then after that we are gonna get into the state tournament. Go through all the games, make our predictions. I know it's probably going to be wild. And so let's start it right out with these questions. Let's do this. The first one is from Jimbo Stacks at Comcast.net. There's no other name on here, but uh, he says, hey, Michael. He's got three bullet points. We'll see if who who we all agree with on this. Number one, Bennett will get blown out by Simeon. But Coach Gene Heidkamp has my vote for Coach of the Year. I guess that's not really a question <laughs> so much. Let's make it a question. Do you think? Well, we'll talk about it in the, in the yeah. preview. Yeah, uh, uh, let's do the let's do the Heidkamp for Coach of the Year. Uh, is he your Coach of the Year, Joe? Well, he's my midseason Coach of the Year. I know other people had Ty Streets. I know Coach Flaherty is going to get a little push here. But yeah, I mean, uh, even when you look at Lincoln Way West and what they've done. And it is a shocker beating Morgan Park. They were both ranked in the preseason. I mean, they were ranked by both of us in the preseason, uh, Linkaway West. And I just look at Bennett as being that team, not one single Division One player. They've played a very good schedule. They beat a Fenwick. They, they've done what they've done and gotten to Peoria, not the strongest road to get there. But, yeah, he'd be my coach of the year. And they'd be – you know, I've done a coach of the year, Mike, in, the, in my – the old hoops report publication. I've continued to do that now for 20 years, and I think there's only been one repeat winner, and I can't remember who it was. But uh, Hyde Camp would be the second uh, repeat coach of the year uh, recipient of the hoops report if 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 it does happen to materialize. But yeah, I think he is. Wow, um, I said it earlier, and I'm kind of sticking with it. My guy is the same. You know, they didn't have a ton of playoff success, but I don't think anybody got more out of less than. Tim Hoder at Glenbard West. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wasn't like everybody else. I don't think they had anything but Justin Pierce at all. I mean, I know Alex Passy had some decent numbers, but I didn't see too many kids on that team who could even dribble. And to go on the run they went on with, with one guy, I thought was pretty amazing. No, I you- think Hoder did a, a really nice job of, and, and that's all you can, and all these coach of the year, I mean, there's a number of coach of the years. There really are. I mean, there's, it's so hard to single out one guy, but you want the guys who maximize the talent that they have, whether it be high-level talent or, or or medium, or as you mentioned, Justin Pierce and the and company. Uh, but yeah, he he did an outstanding job, no question. Yeah, it was one of those things where you know every game was a battle. You know, it's not like sometimes they can beat Proviso West, but sometimes they can lose to him. You know, he just, he didn't even have really a kind of a baseline of talent to get him through those games. So it was impressive for me. Um, all right. Point two here from uh, Jimbo Stacks. 
Uh, I want to see Simeon and Curie in the final, but crowd will be terrible. They could probably close off the upper bowl at the Civic Center. <laughs> I would kind of agree. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not Simeon with Jabari Parker or Derrick Rose. It's not Curie with Cliff Alexander. They're two, they're two teams I picked to reach Peoria. But or to get to the state championship game, but he, he's right. It's going to be a – I think it's going to be a, a different vibe than even the 3A uh, feel, especially if Peoria Manuel is in it in 3A in the afternoon. And that, that's the whole thing about it. I, I hate it. Everybody does. They hate going to a championship game in the afternoon and then leaving and waiting for another one. But, yeah, I mean, if that, if that does materialize, I, I don't think the crowds will be very big. Couldn't even fill the Pontiac gym for that one. Uh, in December, so yeah, not a good sign. I, I gotta agree with that. And I, the, I was at the you know one A two A final last weekend, and the one A game was Leo's. So that was the one I was really paying attention to. And yeah, the afternoon thing, it it, it in no way felt like a title game for like anything. It never <laughs> does. The state title, yeah, it was worse than even usual to me. Um, Jimbo Stacks has some other stuff here, but it's all state tournament related stuff that we're gonna get into. So we're gonna move on here. To our good friend, Rennell Chapman. A little 1A, 2A talk here. He says, wow, I almost can't believe what actually happened this weekend. Hales' seven-footer gets injured in Peoria and can't play in the state finals. And with five seconds left in the semifinal, a three-quarter court length Hail Mary heave goes in for Rock Ridge to beat my Spartans. My goodness. But hey, that's high school basketball at its finest. Does it seem like there's been more buzzer beaters this year than any other year you've been covering basketball? Or, and this is an interesting point, do you think the use of cell phone technology in today's world has allowed us to see what seems like every last second shot in every game? That's um, a great point. I, I read this question when you sent it to me, and I read the first part of it, and I said, hmm, are there more buzzer beaters? And then, boom, he followed that up very nicely, and I agree. I, I, I think we do at least notice them more. Uh, because you're not reading the print as much, and it, well, there's not as much print on games. You see the one-point scores, the two-point games, and you don't think buzzer beater. So, yes, I think that is a very valid point, and particularly last weekend with the buzzer beaters, the Ridgewood one, that crazy one in Peoria, and then uh, there was a bunch of college ones that particular weekend. Devin Gage it, at Pontiac, there, there were a ton this year. He's right. Yeah, um, no, I, I I agree, but I think they do stand out more just because I I you know see I mean the Deerfield one uh, I saw that first time on Twitter when, when it came yeah. through on Twitter so yeah it's it's uh, there's done uh, definitely been a ton of them though yeah there's been more than usual I think but but he's right we do see them more so they kind of stick in your mind a bit more um, second thing here from Rennell is on a Hales player. He says, Joe, what are your thoughts on Milton Wordlow going into the summer and next season? If his shot gets better, do you see some Jerome Randall in him? And do you think proving himself as a solid assisting point guard next year at a larger school with more talent at the other positions would help him get better college looks? Are we talking about him transferring? Yeah, seems like it. <laughs> or shutting down. Uh, no, I, I, I like him. He's a late on the horizon, you know, he, he, he just, he wasn't even among my top players to watch 12 months ago or let alone six months ago. And as I got to hear his name more, I started to get some, actually some video on him, watched him, Peoria, 
talked to a couple of college coach coaches who do like him at the Division One level. So he's got a chance. He is small though. Uh, and he's got a little pull up, little pull up game going, but yeah, he does have to extend his range. Jerome Randall's a pretty big, uh, you know, he's in the, in that style and mold, probably a little smaller and also not quite Jerome Randall. Yeah. That seems like a bit of a stretch, but yeah, no, he had a nice, uh, a nice season overall. Hales was a little frustrated with me overall, uh, that they didn't get any coverage all year. I didn't really know what to tell him. I mean, sad fact is they weren't good enough to have a marquee game all year, and I'm the only guy out there. No so one was, man, ba- yeah. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> – it was unfortunate. Um, next question is – I'm going to read it, even though you're probably not going to get into it now. It's it's from Chikosi Walker, who is the father of Marquise Walker from St. Joe's. He says, with St. Joseph having seemingly found new life and knocked off two top ten teams in a 72-hour stretch and advancing downstate, what do you think our chances are against Belleville Altoff on Friday? Chikosi, we will get into that in a little bit. But it was a nice stretch for St. Joe's. I don't think many of us thought they'd be back here. Um, next question. First time question asker, I think, Joe Robinson. He says, hi, fellas, I have two questions this week. Lincoln Way West's upset of Morgan Park robbed us of a Morgan Park and Belleville Altoff game. What other past potential games do you remember being robbed of? Yeah, that that is a research question and uh, without a lot of research time this afternoon. But, yes, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I this is going way It's just right now going way back. 1998. One of the, probably that still stands out to me are those my favorite high school basketball games were the Thornton Manual games, and those all materialized, which was awesome. Back in the two class system, uh, mid to late nineties, but then there was 1998. I saw one of the best regular season games and covered it that I've ever seen: Fenwick against Whitney Young, Quinton Richardson and Corey Maggette at Northwestern late in the year, and. They all got back. They got back to Peoria, and I thought, okay, this is going to materialize again in the state championship. And Fenwick lost in the quarterfinals to Maine West. Now, Maine West team was loaded. They had Lucas Johnson went to Illinois. Kevin Fry went to Xavier. So it wasn't a huge, huge upset. But I, I wanted to see. There's not many times I want rematches. Like I don't want to see Curious Simeon again, but I really wanted to see. Corey McGetty and Quentin Richardson face off in a state championship game in 1998, and it didn't materialize. Yeah, you know, this is one, you know, I've got some personal ones that nobody wants to hear about, Joliet stuff, but uh, the one that kind of came to mind was Boatwright when he beat Bennett, kept the Bennett Simeon rematch from happening. Yeah. Um, you know, that's when a lot of people wanted to see Bennett was unbeaten. Although um, a lot of people were like, like, not into Bennett too. Remember, I just kind of a yes. They had, you know, but uh, Kaminsky yeah, people were not weirdly unsold on him. Like even as a high school player, forget oh, yeah. college. It was so weird. I mean, I saw some arguments about college and how good he was going to be, but I had people telling me they didn't think he was a good high school player, which was insane. I mean, well, he struggled as a junior, but by his senior year, he was pretty impact. I mean, very impactful. Yeah. Just being his size and anyway, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they're 29 and 0. Yeah, and uh, some of the best sectional games I've watched. That, that, that was that was a lot of fun. Those games. Um, 
but yeah, they uh, oh, then East Aurora got taken out the next in the championship. Didn't even go beyond the next game. Um, all right. Uh, it says Zach Lowe from ESPN writes an annual column referring to the Zach Lowe All-Stars, players who impressed him without being the top-level studs. Who are some of your Michael O'Brien and Joe Henriksen All-Stars from this season? Well, I think Mike and I will both, I can guarantee, we haven't talked about this, but I can guarantee we have one same guy on there. Ooh. We've kind of been talking about him for a year. Uh, he didn't get any really big name recognition, but he's starting to right now. Marco Petnato, Link Away West. Yeah. Uh, I know Mike loves him. I've loved him. He, he's just a throwback. He's a old school, rugged, hard nosed, strong, rugged kid who kind of wills his way and brings his team with him. But, you know, he's going to get a lot more recognition this weekend. He's going to get a lot of attention this offseason. But he's not this high-profile recruit right now. He's not, you know, he's probably not on the all-state teams. He's, he didn't make all-area. But, boy, he is he's a load. And uh, I think people are going to start recognizing him, especially after he put up 22 against Morgan Park last night in the super sectional win. No doubt about it. Um, I guess my first would be, I like this question, and there's a couple ways you can go with it. Guys who are kind of, you know, maybe the fourth or fifth guy on the team to make a difference, or guys who are really good that maybe didn't get enough attention this year. I kind of went that way. My first one is a guy we've talked about on the podcast a lot, but it's only been in the paper maybe once in two years, Adam Pischke from Marion Central Catholic. Just a phenomenal high school basketball player to me so much fun to watch so productive i have absolutely no idea how jalen jackson beat him out for east suburban catholic player of the year um the Juliet catholic kid i mean i've never seen much from jalen jackson not to harsh him too much and adam pishke's an experience you know he does a lot of things well he's just fun so he, he was my first pick this is going the a different road than my petnano pick we have done this podcast, well, I don't know how many episodes this year, and we've talked about Bennett, but how many times have we even talked about an individual player of Bennett? I mean, I have we? Not probably James Dockery. Um, well, my guy is Dan Sobolewski. Just because you know, he's he's not even going to play college basketball as far as I know. I think he's a baseball recruit. But time and time again, he comes up with just the big play for them. He's just gutty. He's he's pretty strong and physical, actually. Makes big plays, gets a big rebound, gets a loose ball, hits a big shot, makes a right pass. Uh, I mean, I think he was all area, the Daily Herald and things like that. But Dan Sobolewski is, uh, you know, they're pretty balanced. They don't have a go-to guy on that Bennett team. Uh, but here they are at 28, 29, and 3, going to Peoria in the Final Four, and no recognition at all individually. But... Shout out to Dan Sobolewski for being just uh, kind of the heart of that team. Yeah, no doubt about that. In, in that same vein, a guy who took his team almost to Peoria, Jimmy Sotos from Conant. You know, just fabulous numbers. He's one of those guys that's doing the scoring and the ball handling and the distributing a lot for his team. And I think next year he's really going to step into the spotlight with a Conant team that's not losing – I guess they're losing one starter and coming back and – is hopefully going to shine a little light again on the uh, mid-suburban league. It's been a while. I was kind of rooting for them, 
yesterday thinking how good it would be for that area if they could get a team to state and kind of give Conant some momentum coming into next year. But Jimmy Sotos is a player to watch for sure, and he's a guy that's going to get a ton of ink, I think, over the next 12 months. Big fan of Jimmy Sotos. He was on my list too, so I won't go into him. But another kid, uh, Tavion Kirk from Joliet West. For a team that that has got talent and athleticism, the decision-making always isn't the best on that team. And for them to take that next step, some of that's going to have to materialize between now and next year. They were young. They got youth, a bunch of juniors, some sophomores. But Tavion Kirk's a junior point guard. He was terrific last night. He's calm. He's cool. He's steady. He makes right decisions. Pretty heady IQ kid. And he's going to rise up. He's a terrific student academically. Uh, So he's one kid in the junior class who was instrumental in Joliet West having the season that they've had. Yeah, no doubt. Um, My next guy, a guy who, you know, borderline all area type. I just feel like we can't mention him enough. The numbers are just sick. 22 points, I think seven and a half rebounds a game. Those numbers are insane. I think who averaged more? Justin Pierce? Did anyone else? Um, talking about Kevin Krieger from Plainfield North. And he can, he does it spectacularly, too. Some of the dunks he throws down, he's a great athlete. He, I enjoyed watching him so much at Pontiac. I would check in some games that I normally wouldn't cover just to get a little hint of what Krieger was doing. He's that much fun to watch. And it's kind of a shame that the team couldn't do a little bit better, that he couldn't get some more publicity. I'm looking here quickly through the Mr. Basketball and All-State nominees, and I don't have anybody who's averaging more. I guess Bishop down in Lanfear, Justin Pierce. And that, I mean, that's the kind of high quality we're talking about with Krieger. And that's in a conference where a lot of the games aren't super high scoring. So, you know, he's doing a monster load for that team. One more player I got uh, that is, who's low on the list on his own high school team, but I think is going to kind of blossom this spring and summer. And he had a good season. He even had some good postseason moments. Austin Ritchie and Marion Catholic. You know, you, you hear about T.J. Smith, Tiaron Powell, Chase Adams, Brandon Hurt. You very rarely hear about Austin Ritchie. He's a big-bodied 6'3", 6'4", wing. He can shoot it, space the floor. Uh, Austin Ritchie is just kind of an unsung kid in, in the South Suburbs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear he was their best player, you know, for but the whole very, very season. Very little fanfare. Exactly. You know, you're totally correct. And he's definitely um, – he, he was almost pulled off that Simeon. I still think that, that might be the closest game Simeon has in the whole like, entire run is going to – we're going to look back at that Marion Catholic one, which says a lot for them next year. Um, my next guy – is Matthew Meyer from Naperville Central. Really enjoyed watching him play over the last two seasons. Just such a high-energy kid, does a lot of stuff. I only got to see him, I think, three or four times, but every time I did, he really left an impression on me. And I don't know what his college plans are or you know what kind of level he's going to wind up at, but wherever he winds up, he's going to be a really good player. Very poised, smart, and a really solid Division three prospect going forward. Uh, my list is, you took my last guy, Jimmy Soto, oh, so uh, okay, my so list is run out. We'll go right into <laughs> a guy that's going to be a big part of this spring transfer derby because his school closed, so he can kind of go anywhere he wants. And I really can't say enough about when I saw him, Javon Freeman from CD yeah. this year. Yep. I mean, he. I think he's a star. I think he's top 10 minimum, top 5 in that class potential. He's got it all. 
there's been a lot of talk about where he's going to wind up. Um, heard some rumors about DePaul Prep. There's always like rumors about Morgan Park. I've seen him at some Morgan Park games. Actually, I've seen Javon Freeman at a lot of games <laughs> watching. I kind of wonder if he's out there. You know, it's nothing wrong with this. His cool clothes. So he can go wherever he wants. You might as well go shopping, watch him play a little bit. So I think that's what he's been doing. But he's one I think we'll hear a lot about maybe right away this spring. One of those guys that the rest of the country will notice in April. Yeah, one one more. I just I did have one more name written down. Jamil Alausa of of Chicago U High. Oh yeah, yeah. Nobody's seen them. Nobody's talked about them. He's a six foot six, six seven. That late blooming, great looking body runs the floor, developing a little face up game. He's a terrific uh, student academically. I mean, he's going to be a coveted Ivy League prospect. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's some higher academic schools that at a higher level get involved with him because of his combination of size and late uh, being a late bloomer. So that th- that's one kid who's just a junior, and and uh, he's gonna have a big off season ahead of himself. Himself. You know what? I guess I didn't realize he was a junior. I I have not seen him play in person, but this is I don't know how much this says about my life, but sitting in a hotel room in uh, Bloomington, Illinois during the Pontiac tournament, I did watch him lead Uhi back from a 20-point deficit to beat Juliet Central <laughs> at the uh, Big Dipper. I was watching on the Cube, and yeah, he can definitely play. Uhi had a great season. You know, we, we didn't talk barely at all about them, but that's right. one team that they definitely, you know, Marlo Finner was there. These are still his guys. Um, they, they had a really nice run, and I, yeah, he's a junior. They'll be interesting next year then. Yeah, they got some kids back. Um, all righty. Are you ready, Joe? These are the last games we have to preview for months. <laughs> this is yeah. it. <laughs> I did. We, 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 we was there a question? I, oh, I wait. Did, yeah, I no, there, there is one more. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Something, was there most to prove or something? J- jumping ahead, yeah. And it, it, this works good, too, because it's a good state tournament uh, question. Eric Van Drill, I guarantee you guys have read his stories before. He works for Pioneer Press. He was at the uh, Curie game last night with me. Wants to know which three players have the most to prove at the state tournament. And of the three, which we think is the most likely to do so, hmm. I my first one's Devin Gage of Curie, just because he, he he still has not been talked about in those upper echelon of stars. And I'm talking about Mike Smith, Nick Rakosevich, Zach Norvell, Charlie Moore, those guys. What if Devin Gage just goes out and has a big time weekend and wins the whole thing? See, I've I mean, got him right up there. He's first team all state. Yeah, team. but I'm just talking about as a prospect, as a player, something to okay. prove to get DePaul excited, their fans excited. He's been as good as you're talking about him being all area, top whatever. He has been wildly inconsistent. He has been at his best at times where he looks just like a take charge, take over a game type of player, which you we, we have seen in the second half and fourth quarter of games, and then some disappearing acts. So I just think on a big stage, Devin Gage with Curie, I, I think he still has a lot to prove as far as how high of a level of a player he actually is. All right. I did not. That's a surprising one. A.J. Williamson award winner. He's got to prove it. Wow. No, no, I mean, <laughs> but do you think people, when they watch him, think he's a high-level recruit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah, he was great last night. Yeah, Dominated the game. There's a lot of different opinions from among like college coaches. Yeah. I know that. But. I don't think he's going to be impact right away. Um, it, it, I could see it taking a couple years at DePaul, 
But as an upperclassman, I think he'll be really good. Um, kind of like the same way his college career or his high school career went. Well, you're. I'm just gonna keep going, Mike, because all my guys are yeah, really good players. <laughs> because um, this is, I went storyline more so with this comparison. I have no doubt of how good Demonte Williams is or Jordan Goodwin of Belleville Altoff. But here's my spin on it: why they have the most to prove. And it really doesn't. They shouldn't even concern themselves. It's going to materialize on its own. But these are the two best juniors in Illinois. And they're both playing in Peoria, trying to win a state title, and trying to kind of cement themselves as the guy in the class now that Jeremiah Tillman is out of state. I have those two guys as the two best prospects, and I juggle back and forth between who's the best player versus best prospect. I think Jordan Goodwin is probably the most productive, best high school basketball player still playing right now in high school basketball. But DeMonte Williams, you see, like I saw it again last night. Gosh, he's just so – he oozes talent. That body, his length, his athleticism. So I just think these two guys are going to be on a stage here to showcase and kind of elevate one or the other as to who is the best junior, who is going to be the best high school player going into next season. And I think that's going to be interesting to watch as a kind of a sidebar to what's going to be happening in the quest for a state championship. DeMonte Williams is on my list too. He was number one, the guy with the most to prove. And Illini fans, if you're listening, turn down the volume or plug your ears or something because you're not going to like what I'm about to say. But I kind of finally figured out my DeMonte Williams sort of comparison. And it, it even works a little bit with his game. Crandall Head. Oh, my, yeah, that's a horrible comparison. <laughs> But no, Crandall Head, sometimes I'd watch him. World beater and electrifying. Yeah, but Crandall Head had zero skill level. When you project the guy, Mike, I'm not projecting. I'm talking about attitude and not knowing what you're going to get when you show up. Sometimes the dominance, sometimes not there. I don't think you've been in Peoria long enough. No, those things happen. Or not enough because I. Crandall Head? Yeah. No. I loved Crandall Head. I was a big Crandall Head guy. As a sophomore, I did. <laughs> but no, I mean, I did. I, I loved him. Yeah. After his sophomore year, Crandall Head had that, that coming out, eye-popping performance, and it just so happened to be in Assembly Hall. But he, I saw him do that at, at Crane numerous times in game, you know, publicly games. Oh, right. But then it went down the... They never won any games. I know. He when never he, crossed half court. He he was on you know, I've seen a lot out of Williams that uh, No, there there's some yeah. energy deficiency at times for sure. Uh but I I just think when when Crandall had determined to turn it on and when Demonte Williams determines that he's going to turn it on, there's just a different ball player. Crandall had couldn't dribble. Crandall had couldn't shoot. So I, I, that's where I don't, I don't see that, but no, you're, you're, you're right with the high. I had a hard time coming up with a player that had the highs and lows similar. That yeah, was so no, similar. He's, he's had some no shows for sure, but uh, we've seen him play at an extremely high level and people were raving about him in the Bloomington game that he was just a monster. He was really good last night, not monster good, but really good last night. 
in the super sectional. And of course, we saw him at, at Pontiac with a good and bad. But uh, the heat is going to be on him. I mean, he's an Illinois recruit. He's going to. He is the star of the state tournament, w- without a doubt, in my opinion. He is the Illinois recruit. The legacy, Frankie's kid, everybody's going to want to oh, see yeah. him. Yeah, there's, there, there's a heavy weight on his shoulders going forward. And uh, and he's on my list because I, I, I don't doubt his ability and his talent. And I, I, I've seen a progression that's positive as opposed to negative, I guess, where last year I was – I mean, he was really bad at Pontiac as a sophomore. And then up and down, and then he had a great, you know, he was terrific in the offseason AAU. And then I, I don't know. I, I again last night he was he was pretty good, just impacting the games, not just scoring the ball. That's where I like to see. He was getting steals and blocks, rebounds. Uh, but yeah, I don't know where you're coming from as far as the, the just the overall motor and assertiveness for him to be a legitimate, consistent top fifty prospect. You've got to have that, and, and that's his last. That and just kind of tightening some things up. That's his last hurdle and being. And he's ranked there now, but to, to stay there and to rise, he's got to do what you just said uh, on a high level consistently with energy, assertiveness, and a competitive streak. My next guy, a little bit lower stakes, maybe not for next year, but Elijah Joyner from Curie. He's a player I'm really high on. Mm, love him. It, but... No, I know. He hasn't had the second half I expected out of him. But and they don't use him very much. It's true. And Gage is so dominant on the ball yeah. for a lot of the time. And But Joyner is probably, in my mind, the key to their success because they essentially have two point guards. I'm starting to wonder if Joyner isn't a point guard. He's a combo guard. Because he's combo been so guard. strong with the ball, but he's just not scoring as much. But now, babe, I wasn't there last night, Mike, but I had uh, a... F- Two or three college coaches texted me during the game that he played really well, or at least he was started out well. Or he, no, he played really well. He didn't score a ton, but it was his presence with the ball and the way. I mean, he, it, I really think he can run the show now at a college. Eventually, I wasn't so sure about that before. I thought he was just you know a two, and I think that's probably what they were impressed by because there was some pressure on him and he was just handling it all with ease. Um, he's become such a great ball handler. But I, my question is. You know, Curie, right now, if I had to pick a number one for next season, oh yeah, it's Curie. Um, yeah. From what I hear, there's going to be quite a few additions at some schools. It's likely going to change that, but it seems like if everything stayed the same, Curie would be number one, and the, that means Joiner's got to really take a step forward. And can he do that? Will we start to see that this weekend? That this team, because Curie's got everybody else back except for Gage, so Joiner's nice size, yeah, yeah, gonna have to be the guy next year. They're gonna depend on him for a lot more. So it'll be interesting to see if he can start proving that this weekend. Well, he's the number seven or eight ranked junior in the hoops report, so I hope he does. <laughs> nice. And now I just wrote down uh, then my other name. I don't remember Thomas. Who am I talking? Oh, Josh Thomas. Oh, um, oh yes, still Good going for his. Circle, uh, He's still coming. He still needs that scholarship. Um, Rob Smith today said that DePaul is showing some interest, which is kind of what Josh Thomas was thinking about when the season started, you know, up a a level. Um, He's got, what, a UIC offer? I think Toledo. Um, I had the full list today. I don't know if you know, but none of them are as high as DePaul. So basically, Josh Thomas, this is what every kid wants. Come out, 
prove it at the state tournament in front of hopefully plenty of college coaches and bump that you know interest up. Here's the list: Toledo, UIC, LaSalle, and Loyola. And then DePaul has come around lately. So we'll see how that goes for Josh Thomas. Interestingly enough, he you could make a case that he's been the best player on that he's team. Up, he's come up big for him. I mean. Yeah, not maybe um, – I don't think he was in against East Moline, but the two games in the south suburbs – in the sectional, he was massive in those games. Played really well, was strong with the ball, scored a ton, much more than he had been all year. So he's definitely trending in the right direction. And if he keeps playing like that, they're pretty much unbeatable. So if he keeps that up, it's going to be good for him and really good for Simeon. All right, let's get to these semis. Uh, 3A semifinals. You kind of let in, Mike, to what? The, I think the big st- storyline individually is, and that's Demonte Williams. But team-wise, it's intriguing that that these two teams that played last year for the state title, one we expected to be there, one we I didn't, and I, well, you didn't either. But St. Joseph, you know, St. Joseph and Belleville Altoff, uh back in Peoria, and I mean, I I, I see you. You were talking about Simeon. It sounded like you were talking about them cruising, that nobody, that Marion Catholic was going to give them their toughest game, that they won't have anything to do in Peoria except for show up and win. I kind of feel that way about Altoff. I, I just think they're at such a high level over everybody that, and the reason why is because they have bona fide Division One talent across the board, mm-hmm. but they also have this competitiveness and confidence from having been there, done that last year, falling just short and staying hungry because of finishing second, as well as that whole football thing where they went and, I mean, all four or five of them played on the football team that finished second in the state. So they've got all of that competitiveness to go with this Division One talent. I think they have five five Division One players and arguably the best player in Jordan Goodwin. So that Belleville Altoff, St. Joe's semifinal is going to be interesting because it's a rematch of, of a last year's state championship. And then you've got Nick Rakosevich, who I guess we could have been thrown into that most approved just because he's continuing to garner more interest from college coaches. It'll be interesting to see how many college coaches come see Nick Rakosevich in Peoria because that'll really show. I mean, some of them are NCAA tournament, some of them are not. Uh, but who shows up, who they send to go see him. But that's. That's going to be a, a semifinal that St. Joseph fans will love to have me say this. I don't give them a chance to win uh, because <laughs> I, they, you know, I, I, I wasn't. As Turn sold. the bus around. <laughs> I wasn't as sold as you were that North Lawndale would beat them. I thought North Lawndale would, but it wouldn't. It didn't shock me that they beat North Lawndale. It, it, it shocked me that they beat Fenwick. It stunned me, and. So you should. I should be sitting here saying, okay, if they beat Fenwick, shouldn't they be able to hold their own and maybe knock off Altoff? I say no. So that's good for St. Joe's fans. Yeah, yeah. I've been wrong a number of times on St. Well, I can say that a number of times. They didn't really have any big wins until North Lawndale and, and Fenwick. They didn't give you a reason to believe. They had all double-digit losses to all the good teams they played. So, but, you know, that the young guards – you know, uh, Muhammad, Walker, Towers, Jafari Brown on the wing. I mean, 
they have stepped up and got the job done when it's mattered most in March. Uh, Gene Pingator on the conference call this morning with the state media made a point of talking about those specific guys you just mentioned, how much better they've played. You know, and he said it's been great to see their progression, and it really started to show over the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure that's what led to those North Lawndale and Fenwick wins, which are huge wins. And we really shouldn't be thinking all this, I guess. But, yeah, I got Crusaders, what, minus 12, minus 14. I think they walk in. They've been waiting for this game, waiting to come up. You know, they're down there in Belleville, kind of on the outskirts. And, you know, oh, they, they want to put a show on. The, I mean, yeah, they, the, the Internet's made the world, and especially the state, a lot smaller. I get all tough people want to know why they're in the rankings, why I'm never <laughs> tweeting about them. You know, they just they don't haven't had their fill, and they're coming up to get their fill. They're, you know, a veteran team now. We saw how great they were last year. It's it's going to be a rough one for St. Joe's. I just don't see how they're able to hang with all tough either. I agree. Um, Which means Joe's will win. No, I, uh, <laughs> I just... I, I I just picture they, Nick. He's got this now looped on his uh, yes, on yes. his iPhone. He'll be playing it the whole way. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I give Nick Rakosovich and St. Joe's a lot of credit though for getting back here. One starter back, Mike, from that state championship team. Yeah, no, that's a good two, one. two, two. Levon Thomas. Okay, he started. Uh, I mean, he's a good one. Six foot eleven, Nick Rakosovich. So. And and he does pose problems for opposing teams, but Altov's good, man. And, and, and they are uh, they are they they have ke- they, they have the whole thing. They have chemistry, co- the cohesiveness part. They play well together and the competitive part of it. So I yeah I got Altov, and then <clears throat> the 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 I guess the Cinderella in three A Lincoln Way West. They got nine losses. I was talking about this on a radio show earlier. Is there any doubt Lincoln Way West today is a lot better team than they were just two days ago because of this win? It sounds stupid, but they must have so – they just got to be beating their chest like so much confidence going to Peoria. When you take out Morgan Park in a super sectional game, when everybody plays the card of no one believes in us and, I mean, no one – I, no one could have picked Lincoln Way West to win that game. But for them to go win that game, I, I just think their mental state is so different right now than it was even two days ago. Yeah, I um, talked with Marco Pettinato, He this morning, actually. He's uh, a bit shocked, <laughs> I think. He said he hasn't, it hasn't sunk in. I mean, he said it's been crazy at school today. So, yeah, Lincoln Way West is definitely on a cloud right now. I think... I watched the game this morning um, on the NHFS site, and it was striking. Um, it wasn't close at the end. They took yeah. the lead with five minutes to go and held on. You know, it, it was really impressive performance. They spread the floor. You know, they played zone defense. Morgan Park missed the shots, didn't attack the rim too much. Charlie, you know, had a couple of those patented drives, and they didn't fall. They weren't following the whole game. And then John Morota didn't miss. I think he was five for five from the field. Some of their other guys have really stepped up. Um, point guard and, and a shooter, Bumstead, has really stepped up. Gavin is the point guard. He's a lot better than what I saw earlier. And then, you know, Petnato just goes to work and, and does whatever. I'm going to pick Lincoln Way West in this game. I, I don't think Manuel is super great. Um, 
I, get I, I would have agreed with you if I didn't. Last night's game, Manuel and Rockford Boylan, was one of the best high school games I've seen all year in terms of how it was played and at the level it was played. There were tough shots made. There were runs that, that each team had to answer back and forth. There was I, – I, I, I thought the game was terrific, and Manuel looked great to me. And it was, I mean, they played by far better than they looked in Pontiac. It wasn't even close. And I, I just think Peoria Manuel, with the way they played up in DeKalb last night against Rockford Boylan – but again, I mean, Lincoln Way West, I haven't seen Lincoln Way West in a month, I think, at least five weeks. And I, I, I can't gauge where they're at from this win. You said they're kind of in a, in a cloud. Do, do they come down from that? Does reality set in and, oh, geez, we're here um, and, and wet the bed? I don't know. But Peoria Manual. But the thing that's intriguing is that Lincoln Way West has handled the quickness and athleticism of Hillcrest and now Morgan Park. Mm-hmm. And Manuel has similar athletes, similar quickness, similar size, uh, less size than even Morgan Park. So I'm, I'm going to pick Manuel just because of the lay of the land. I, for Lincoln Way West to go and, and win another one, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Lincoln Way West Pulls an, pulls an upset, but uh, I'll, I'll go with Manuel. You'll go with Lincoln Way West, and we both got Altoff. And then in the championship game, I guess, which, back to my my uh, earlier comments, DeMonte Williams, Jordan Goodwin in a championship game against each other would be a lot of fun. Lincoln Way West against the Cinderella team. Imagine if they took out Morgan Park, Peoria Manuel, and then took on Belleville Altoff in this Cinderella ride, that'd be pretty cool too. So there's a lot of storylines and intrigue in 3A that I don't find in 4A. I've got a little bit in 4A that we'll talk about, but I'm going to go Belleville Altoff uh, winning both games, no matter who they play, by double digits. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think Altoff easily does it. Better, Manuel Altoff is a pretty nightmare scenario for the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, class 3A title game coverage. <laughs> Not what I'm looking for there, so I really hope Lincoln Way West is able to... Uh, the 12-15 third place game. Yeah, and a couple other things on the Lincoln Way West. You know, they have the nine losses, and that's going to be overblown this weekend. They went to state in football. They have nine players on the team, the basketball team. I think four of them played football. So that was kind of an issue. <laughs> when uh, They were practicing the five left against the freshman team um, at the beginning. It was that bad. The story, the first story I wrote, the first time I covered Lincoln Eye West this year, detailed all of this. I should have gone back and looked at it, but they had a really difficult start to the season. You know, they have a numbers challenge just normally, but the football team success just decimated the first month and uh, the first month of their season pretty much. So you can write off a lot of those losses. And then the Lincoln Way Central loss, I believe it was, people didn't really appreciate kind of how good Lincoln Way Central was. I guess I never point. thought, though, and I don't, I don't know how many of the league losses were prior to Christmas, but I just, where I had them in the preseason, and you did too, I think, I mean, 17th ranked, and yes, I know, I know what you're talking about, but I, I just anticipated them. Well, I thought they'd win that league, and 
they went eight and six. So that that was my. I'm sure some of those losses. I mean, I would yeah. The, the other thing, uh, Brian Flaherty, the coach talked about was you know he loves man defense. That's what he likes to play, and he had to come to the real. And it wasn't. I guess it sounded like it was only a month ago. He came to the realization that it just he had to give it up with this team. That he had to go to the zone. You know, he was worried since they're undersized, they wouldn't be able to rebound coming out of the zone. So they've been working on that. But it sounds like things really started to click with this team when they went to the the one three one zone, and that's it. Just totally befuddled Morgan Park. They weren't able to do much with it. So that probably accounts for, I'm guessing, they're kind of uptick in quality of play. Hey, real quick, you watched the game. I did not watch you. You said you watched it this yeah. morning. And I read Nick Irvin's comments, quotes, and the story that you wrote about them not being ready, them not playing hard, energy. They wouldn't have beaten anybody that night. Is that what you saw in the game? Yeah. Com- I mean, I don't want to say they – wouldn't have beaten anybody, but they were definitely flat. Uh, that just surprises me. Yeah, because you never see that out of Morgan Park. I saw it in, in the Riverside Brookfield game because they were coming off the crushing loss the night before. But that's been the staple of Morgan Park mm-hmm. and Nick Irvin's teams. So that's that's just kind they of looked surprising. they looked good in the first half. They were up by seven at halftime, but then the second half. The third quarter, it was one of those quarters that kind of went by in a quick little haze, and all of a sudden, the game got really close again, and then Lincoln West had some long possessions, and yeah, it seemed like the spirit was out of, you know, they needed somebody to hit a shot, Morgan Park. One of those threes from Randall or Cam Irvin or Charlie had to go down. You know, they they depend on that, and it's happened all year. And yesterday, none of them would go down. And everyone that they missed, they, they seemed to hang their heads a little bit more. I saw Ayo Dosumu with maybe a, over a minute left, and it's like a five-point game. He had his jersey up over his head at one point. And it's like, geez. I mean, yeah, something was off. It, it almost makes you wonder if something happened, you know, in the locker room or what went on. But it was definitely... Well, un-Morgan Park-like. Yeah, and, you know, Lincoln Way West, though, you can't... That's why, I, you know, I, I don't agree with they couldn't have beaten anybody because Lincoln Way West hit every shot, you know, so it just kept piling on Morgan Park that they couldn't hit it, and Lincoln Way West hit... It seemed like every possession they found a way to score. It was a really impressive performance. Do you think there's any chance of a, a Lincoln Way West being so out of character down in Peoria where it ends up potentially being one of those moments where fans... It, it just kind of have that lemon of a game and fans are like, okay, this is, Oh no, no. If anything, that, that team, what's striking about Lincoln way West to me in that game was there was no like, Oh geez, we're beating Morgan park, little panic moments. That, that was a team that looked like it was five seniors that were on their way back to Peoria from last year. It, it was, yeah, and, it was and, and I think, you know, Pat Nattle sets the tone, just his fearlessness. I mean, he, he plays fearless. Uh, what was the crowd? I mean, could you get a sense of the crowd? Lincoln Way West crowd was massive. Yeah. yeah. They're only, boy, I want to say it might not even be six miles from right. Joliet Central. They're very close down I-80. I know Lincoln Way people don't really like coming to downtown Joliet, so I wasn't sure about that. But no, they packed it. And they had their um, students pretty close, so they had a nice atmosphere there. I guess the other thing, Cam Gavin, he's the, the point guard. I mean, technically Marco Petnato is the point guard, but Cam Gavin has really stepped up. He is a football player, so I think he's like an all-conference safety for Lincoln Way West. He's kind of like the second point guard and he's getting to the basket now, which is something he could not do at all before. And it's made a big difference for them to have that penetrating threat, you know, with the shooters that they've got. 
and everybody kind of handles the ball. I don't see any way in which they go down there and they lay an egg and everybody's thinking, yeah. oh, this is Johnsburg. Yeah, you know, or whatever. <laughs> always refer to Johnsburg. Yeah, don't, forever the comparison. Yeah, don't see a Johnsburg happening. Um, but yeah, it's well, gonna yeah, be a fun game, and there'll be some, there'll be some, there'll be a big, big crowd. And yeah, they they have buses lined up already. They already sold like eight hundred tickets or something. They sold me. And Rockford Boylan had a huge crowd last night. Yeah, that, they that always do. Yeah, it, I always kind of like it when Boylan's at state. Yeah, but uh, you know. So you got all we both yeah, got all tough, yeah. kind of cruising a little bit in the in the three A, four A. Uh, the the intriguing, the most intriguing thing to me, and some people are probably turned off because they're tired of either Simeon, even though I've been gone for a couple of years. You know, and, and Bennett has his detractors for whatever reason. Uh, Bennett Simeon, just for the simple fact that you've got Simeon with I off the top of my head, I'm just gonna say eight, nine division one players on the roster and Bennett not without a single one. So just that whole David versus Goliath, even though they are 29 and three and well coached and they've been there before talent wise on paper, there is no comparison. So it is going to be fun to see just kind of how this plays out. We had one question that says, in the in the pre in the yeah Bennett will get blown out by blown out yeah. I I don't think it's gonna be a blowout I I don't I I just don't now it, it it could be in that if Bennett simply has a poor shooting night but Bennett is a team that doesn't rely on one guy or two guys they have a host of perimeter shooters you know they've got. Not a real deep bench, and they don't have much size, which could really hurt them against Simeon. But uh, I mean, Simeon's going to win this game. I'm, I'm mostly sure of it. But I don't, th- I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I do. Um, Simeon whoops him. Simeon. What's, what's our blowout number? Double digits. Well, I'm not. Fifteen. All right. The. 10 or 15, double digits of 10, Mike, come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I, I, I could take see him by 15. Maybe Bennett closes late. I don't think Bennett's anywhere near the class of – I mean, they, don't, they haven't had the post presence of the other teams. Yeah, Bennett – the other Bennett teams I'm talking about that were, you know, state-bound. I just don't – the Joliet West team they beat isn't great, you know, and, and they struggled no. to close yeah. them out at the end. Bennett that, does have the Fenwick win, but that plays to their strengths. You know, as a team, really, I don't see any way in which they can compete with this Simeon team right now. Yeah, I think they linger around eight to twelve points most of the game, and Simeon pulls away. That, that's why I'm at it. I don't think it's a twenty-point runaway. To me, it's more likely that it's a twenty-point runaway than Bennett wins. Well, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean that's pretty sensible to say. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just, I just don't want. If you guys haven't seen Bennett play this year, they're a good team, you know, no doubt about it, and and they've really done well in this year of parity. But this is not, and I'm gonna get killed for this. It's not a special team, you know. It's not a team that makes it to state in nine out of nine out of ten years. This team doesn't get here. I'd say s- eight. <laughs> no i mean the road to peoria wasn't filled of filled of well really much of anything that's what i'm saying uh but 
gosh, Mike, they've played a good regular season schedule. I mean, Niles Notre Dame's a good team. Fenwick's obviously a really good team. Uh, they are the sum is greater than the parts type of deal. They are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, 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 and I, everybody should know. I'd be saying the same thing right now. Sadly, if it was Joliet West, it, it would all the same things would have applied. You know, they just the, the road there out of this sectional, the super sectional, to me didn't really even prove you were worthy of state. As bad as that sounds. Well. Okay, well, let's get to Rockford Auburn then. <laughs> if, um, you're t- if we're talking the road to Peoria, uh, they didn't beat one. Well, I mean, I guess you had Conant ranked late in the year. Well, same but, thing. You could say the same thing about Bennett, though, or Juliet West. They didn't get ranked until they were the only teams left. Bennett didn't get ranked? Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I'm teams Bennett beat. Well, we, we knew Niles Notre Dame was, you mean, and the road to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about all year long. Oh, okay, okay. Rockford Auburn doesn't have any quality wins. I mean, I look at their schedule and, and they're 26 and 5. Now, I, I, I give Brian up all the credit in the world for creating a program and a system and a style that benefits the, 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 the type of yeah. athletes they have and, the, and, and what they do. They've averaged, I just added this up. In the last six years, what do you think they've averaged for how many wins a year in the last six seasons? I'm going to go high, 24? 26. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's a great number. <laughs> they finished third in 2012, I think. I think it was 2012. Uh, I saw Auburn twice at Christmas. Saw, you know, they obviously must be playing better than they played at Christmas. So I've they, got they, to give them that. They have a player back that was ineligible. Uh, you know, so. But again, back to the schedule. I mean, they beat Conant. They beat St. Charles East. They beat. I mean, they really haven't beaten anyone to get here. Uh, so, I, you know, Curie's definitely the favorite. favorite. And I guess I'm going to have to go Curie Simeon in, a, in a, another public league final that I uh, I don't know. It just doesn't excite me. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on with the Curie thing. I'm, I show up at Northwestern yesterday, run into like, you know, four or five people, some media people, some really big fans, some coaches of other teams, and couldn't find a single person that thought Curie was going to win the game. I'm oh, walking, there's a lot of people that thought Notre Dame was going to win. Man, walking around, sc- what are you talking about? A lot of people were telling me Notre Dame was going to win. They beat Simeon. They beat Thonmaker. Their losses are all to good teams. They haven't dropped an egg all season. Curie. Ooh. Curie. Man, you've been a kind of a Curie downer, man. I, I, I was worried. I thought they were the best team in the area, maybe, aside from maybe Morgan Park at in December. Um, they were playing that were well down in early Curie. January. I was very down on Curie. All right. So. Heading into the – but that doesn't mean they're going to lose to Notre Dame once they've ripped off four wins in a row in a sectional. I mean, no way. Notre Dame is the most Jekyll and... Notre Dame, mentally, is everything people were accusing Curie of being all year. Curie was the the team that was the rock that had only lost I, I, I uh, think Hyde people Park. Thought, I thought they, the, the home court five-point crowd difference, maybe. They thought, you know, I, I, I think there's the assumption whenever a suburban or a Catholic League team is playing the public league that they're is going to be this this magical 
coach that, that they're somewhat yeah going to outwit them. Yeah, Curie's going to be sloppy. Curie's the opposite of that. They had two turnovers in the first half, four in well, the game. Well, and the other thing with Curie, and this is why I mean I, I have been a Curie backer. I, mean, I, I remember Mike and I in the early season podcast. I remember talking about I had Curie a little too high yeah. at three, uh, but I just. I'll take a lot of – I don't – Mike, really, you don't care about summer stuff. But I just saw these different pieces. And what, the one thing that struck me about Curie, and you've seen it continue throughout the year, a lot of times public league, even the better teams, a lot of times lack like a lot of perimeter shooting. This team's got a lot of guys who can knock yeah. shots down. Elijah Joyner, Nalia. Uh, Alante, um, Alante Pickens, Pickens Mike, Michael Johnson shoot. off the bench. Uh, yeah, I mean, Devin Gage can knock a three yeah. down. You've got all these guys that can can make shots, and then you've got those underclass bigs, the sophomores and the juniors, six 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 five. Terry Smith and Trayvon Martin have been Trayvon horses Martin. all year. I mean, yeah. Trayvon Martin. I, I mean, they get loose balls, second chance scoring opportunities. So, and, and their guard play while. You know, it set me apart, set them apart from Kenwood all year long, and that's why I kept picking Kent Curie. But that—that's why I like Curie, uh, because they've got guys that can I mean, Gage can get to the rack, but they also got guys that can knock down shots. And uh, you know, there's going to be a the, fe- the the whole Auburn Curie thing, though the the unknown for Curie. I think we'll see how that plays out because you know Curie knows nothing about Auburn. And we'll see how, you know, that part plays out. And, and you just, you know, the thing you can never, and I talked about that with Lakeland Wild West, is just the momentum these teams pick up after you win one after another. You just, they just get on a roll and you never can quantify how, how big it is for each team and how, and how it is going into the next game. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Gene Heidkamp said something in the coaches' conference call today about how, you know, two years ago this day was chaos. It's uh, it's kind of difficult for fans to appreciate the on Tuesday night you win the super sectional, and from then on until game time, the coach and the team's life takes on a weird haze of constant busyness, planning. And if you've never gone to Peoria before with your team, you don't know you know, where you're supposed to be for shoot-around, when, how to get places, what door to go in, little things like that. And those little things... Get, getting filmed. Yeah. On, on where, where to eat. And... Those little things like that all start to pile up on Especially a coach and the, the team. Yes. Yeah, the coaches are, yeah, they're, they're spinning... And yeah, there's no question a guy who like Robert Smith who's got this down like Pat. Now obviously I Hyde Camp does. Curie's never been through this. Yeah, and that's what but, I'm worried about with them. Yeah. And, and we've seen how many times over the years, Mike, have exactly. we seen a public yeah. public league <laughs> team go down there and lay an egg. Yeah. And, and you know, there's issues and everybody wants to blame because oh the Mike Oliver's not organized something. No. The bus situation in the public league is a joke. They're going to have, it's going to be a nerve wracking time for Curie waiting to see if their bus arrives. And that has nothing to do with Curie not scheduling it. That's just the way things are with Chicago public schools right now. And that kind of stuff, it just gets rough. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about that with Curie. I think if they can get through that, um, they should be able to handle Auburn. I'm not too worried about that. I'm trying to find out. I wish I knew, didn't 
do the research on Auburn. The IHSA has not posted their team info still. But at the end of the conference call, I didn't listen to everything with the Auburn coach, but they were discussing how they've been a different team second semester because they got a kid back. So since you haven't seen them since then, Joe, I'm thinking that it's probably somebody pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, I, I know they – and I watched Boylan last night, and I like that Boylan team. They took care of Auburn, I think, pretty handily twice, uh, one late in the season. They have another loss, I think, to – they have one more kind of puzzling loss late in the season. So, But, I mean, at state tournament, they've rolled, they've cruised. Uh, Trayvon Tyler is, a, is a, a pretty stat sheet stuffing kid who's – Average 18, 92 points a game for him. But uh, I got Curie. I got Curie playing Simeon in the championship, and which doesn't happen very often for me. But uh, I've got Simeon Curie in the championship game, as I did in the prediction in the beginning of the year. And I got it bringing in the postseason. I got it right here again. Simeon over Curie in the state championship. Yeah, um, you know, saw this game once, came down to that Devin Gage shot to win it for Curie. Um, Simeon is way better. Definitely compared to... Than they were then. At Christmas, no question. Curie is... I think they're about back to where they were then. It's about right. Um, So I guess that means Simeon has got the uh, edge... I mean, I feel like Simeon probably wins it. I'm trying to come up with reasons why, you know, anything that might happen, any kind of crazy stuff. I, I don't. Oh, I think it's Curie wins by shooting lights out. Can, and that's that's what I. I mean, that's the only way they, you know, and, ball, and that, that's crisp, not crazy. Yeah, crisp ball movement, open knock open shots down. It sounds simple, but I mean, like we talked about just before, they've got the multitude of guys that can. I mean, a three-pointer is a is a game changer. So if if Nolly and Joyner and you know Pick, Alante Pickens, they're all hitting. I mean, then I can conceivably see an upset. And you know what? I guess because that's what I'm looking for. This is what I want. The, the way in which Curie wins, and I think the college court helps Curie a ton. Um, that's in their favor. Well, I saw that last night. You know, it's just tough to close on those shooters when they can spread the floor like that and when Gage can get to the rim, you know, kind of when he wants. And he can do that against Simeon's defenders too. So that's going to open up some shooters. And last night, Elijah Joyner was one for three from three. Alante Pickens was two for six. Landers Nolly was three for five. So they wind up six for 14 as a team. If they can do that again, just that, which isn't lights out, but that's six three-pointers. That's and, Cur- and, and Curie thinks they're going to win. And Curie believes they're going to win. That's going to do a lot. And Curie's got a rebounding advantage, for sure, on Simeon. Simeon's rebounded much better, though, the last... They have, but not to the level of Terry Smith and uh, Trayvon Martin. You know, those... hey, When's the last publicly... Was it young Simeon met in the final? Yeah. Right? Had to be. Is that the last time two publicly teams have met in Peoria? Probably. What was it? Marshall and uh, Simeon did that one year, right? I just don't. I just don't like it. But no, I don't either. It's not good. Somebody. Um. Oh, uh, Chris Pickett, the vocational coach, texted me last night with an interesting fact. Um. We neither one of us researched it, but we're pretty sure we don't have to. Curie's the first Red Central team make it to state since. <laughs> You'll hit yourself, King. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there hasn't been anybody else. That's a long time now, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the that's the story of Curie. I mean, I yeah. I've repeated it over and over. They were the best program, most successful program without a sectional title, and now they're you know without being in Peoria, and now they've done it. So that's great for Curie. Uh, and keep an eye on those of you who haven't seen them yet. I'm guessing a lot of people haven't seen Curie yet that are listening to this. Landers Nolly, who you heard Joe talk about in the preseason, a uh, sophomore, and he's been rock solid from the start. He's been an all-positive player. The question has been how positive each game. Well, throughout the season, it's gotten more and more and more positive. He had 17 points last night. Um, you know, it was 50% from the field, hit those three threes. And he is smooth. The shot is pretty. You almost got to wonder if maybe he shouldn't have more shots the way he's playing. He could be the focal point of the whole offense as far as I'm concerned. He could really kind of become a star. And if Curie wants to beat or can beat Simeon, it would be with him having a really big night. Well, it seems like we're trying to talk ourselves into Curie. I but, am. Uh... We have to because we've already <laughs> we've already said that Altov's going to roll. So Curie, it's got to no, be. I, a... I think Simeon Curie is going to be a really close game, though. Yeah, I, I think it could be, but I'm worried it won't. Um, but well, we'll uh, we can break all that down next week on our post Peoria podcast. Next week, get down to Peoria. It's four classes. Yes, to still go. We got, there is some intrigue down there. Some some really high level players actually individually, and uh, we'll talk all about it next week on podcast number forty one. Mike, we've broken into forty. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. The fortieth. If any St. Joe's or Bennett fans uh, see me tomorrow, feel free to just slap me in the face. <laughs> I will uh, totally understand. And uh, good luck to everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.